previously on the Fantastic World podcast. Let's get slorshed. Different smells. Different smells. Yes, different smells. Andromeda is one of those people who twitches in her sleep, so she'll be like, <laughs> and like flail her arms around. I feel like yesterday I would have really been curious where we are, but I just, I don't know about you, I'm having a lot of trouble bringing myself to care. I am the vessel for great powers, often uh, some of them in the past as I was learning my craft did scare me. I could uh, you know, summon winds strong enough to level a town. I could you know, flood regions. I could breathe forth fire from my hands. And when I was learning them, it being external was very frightening, but I learned. I'm unsettled. I really liked it. I don't necessarily regret it because we're alive. Occurrence, this this might be the most powerful object you and I have ever touched. He's a little off right now, and he he's uh he's assuming he knows why she's off herself. You travelers this is your friend jess i'm just here jumping on for a quick message before we start the episode first and foremost i just want to send a huge thank you to everyone who has joined our patreon and all the support and love you guys have shown us you know since we've launched it that is fantasticworlds.cash for those of you that don't know um and if you aren't on our patreon yet and you want to support us go ahead and like I said, head over to fantasticworlds.cash and whatever you can give, we are so incredibly grateful. Thank you so much, everyone. And on another note, <laughs> we have the exciting addition of a new player here, Logan, who, you know, insert cheering noises here. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for a few years. Uh, I was introduced via my older sister and um, he's hilarious. He's a lot of fun to play with. He was actually one of the players in my homebrew game uh, before we invited him on here. And it was a lot of fun, though we have not resurrected that as of yet. Anyways, <laughs> I'm looking forward to GMing him again in the future. Wink, wink. We have some future projects that are very exciting. And, you know, part of the reason we can do that is because of all the Patreon support you guys have given us. So, Thank you again, and please, if you can, get on there. And while you're at it, please give us an iTunes review if you feel some type of way about the show. Let us know what you're thinking. We, we love to hear from you guys, and we really appreciate it so much. Anyways, that is all I have for you this week. So without further ado, on to episode 67, On My Way to Grandma's House. Welcome, Logan. Hello. Yay, Logan. Hello. Welcome. Oh my god, Hello. there's this random guy. How did he get in here? I like to think here? of myself as a man, but thank you. <laughs> man, not guy. No. <laughs> All right. There's a random, I mean, it sounds, it actually sounds worse if you say it this way. There's a random man in here. <laughs> oh god. 
<laughs> How did he get in here? Who is this person? Um, hello, my name is Logan. I think I introduced myself in the last episode. It has been a while. Did you? No, you did not. I think so. No, you no, did not. I mean, like, at the very I end. I mean, like, we got a snippet of your character, but you didn't tell any of us who you are. The episode um, literally ended with all of you yelling, you, at each other, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I vaguely remember giving out my Instagram. Yeah. Oh, at the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember that an now. Instagram handle does not an introduction make. <laughs> I would counter that with, that is a lot of information about someone that you will get to know. <laughs> If you go deep enough. If you follow me. <laughs> That's accurate, I will yeah. say. <laughs> but yeah, um, you already know I don't, I'm bad at introductions, but my name is Logan. I like to play tabletop RPGs. I like, no, I'm not even going to say like, I absolutely love X-Men. If you ever want to know information about X-Men, I can probably talk to you for 10 hours straight without repeating myself. The information that I know about X-Men. It's actually pretty impressive. And can, uh, oh, I got a question then. Mm-hmm, can Jubilee yeah. do anything cool with her powers? I'm a child of the <laughs> '80s, so I'm kind of stuck so with like offended. fireworks stuff. Sorry, You're just offended Angel. Him, so. I'm so sorry. I'm I didn't so think glad you asked that I because asked. Jubilee's my favorite character. Oh, Jubilee's okay. my favorite so, character too. Jubilee's powers are not actually fireworks; they're the ability to explode matter and molecules at a subatomic level. And That's the reason badass. why she only does fireworks is because she's actually too scared to hurt others. So Aww. she has a playful persona in order to show others that she's still a kid, but really she's one of the most mature because she's restraining herself from absolutely killing the shit out of other people. <laughs> that, that, okay, that registers. Exploding their also, atoms. she's dyslexic. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It humanizes like her said, a little bit. I know a lot. <laughs> wow. I just love her pimp yellow coat. That was like, oh my awesome. god, yes, yeah. She does so, have like the freshest style. Yep. frankly. Oh, uh, she's she's a mall babe who eats chili chili fries. I That's love right. So much. <laughs> so everyone, please do at Logan with all of your X Men related questions. <laughs> as l- as long as it's not an issue number, I got you. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't do numbers, but I can tell you exactly what happened. <laughs> so everybody, coming in summer of 2020 is uh, Logan talks X Men podcast. Uh, oh. <laughs> stay tuned. Mm-hmm. You're joking, <laughs> but now you're not. <laughs> Exclusively on our Patreon. <laughs> Let me tell you about this random oh, character named Anole. He's awesome. <laughs> now I need to know who that is. I'll tell you about him um, later. He's gay. He's awesome. I, mm-hmm. You had me at he was gay. <laughs> I keep track of all the queer X Men. My two favorite characters are Jubilee and Blink, so those are my two favorite. <gasps> uh, Age of Apocalypse Blink or Six One Six Blink? Uh, mainly Age of Apocalypse Blink. That makes sense. She's had more character development, but I like the Six One Six Blink. She's pretty badass. Yeah, I kind of stopped mm-hmm. following after Age of Apocalypse. Anyway, <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> wow, that made absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> what a bunch of nerds! Yeah, this part will all be cut out because it's it's a little too. You don't like my X Men tangent? <laughs> no, we should keep all of that in. <laughs> oh hell yeah, this kid is absolutely. Tight. Yep. This uh, yep. it makes up for all the times that I've gone on a Lord of the Rings related, very detailed lore rant. <laughs> Or the yeah. times when we've like uh, just talked about Dragon Age for like yes. 15 minutes. <laughs> now you all know how it feels. <laughs> You're in the shoes of the listener for once. A, you yep. know, I know how it feels. I just don't care. <laughs> Touche. <clears throat> That's fair. 
And I'm interested in this too. He has a prehensile <laughs> tongue. What the fuck? What? Uh, did you get the part where his one of his arms is super big because he went to the magical realm of limbo and lost it to the demon Belasco? Yeah, but then he grew that. it back. Yeah, it's oh. like Kylie in her pitching arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only one arm swole. <laughs> God, Abby, you're losing. It. You're losing your train. It the train. <laughs> We've gone I'm just, off. But by the way, Abby, it's so nice of you to going. introduce me. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Excellent. I'm so pleased. Really, if you start the intro, you have to manage the whole conversation? Yep. Well, then I'm just going to let this keep talking about X-Men. Let's go the facilitation. Abby says X-Men is go. <laughs> I don't care nearly enough. Um, <laughs> I'll make you It's care. an adorable character quality of mine. No, she means about managing. She doesn't mean about... Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> no, no, not about X-Men. Yeah. It's like, I'll make I, you care. I, I could care about it. To, I would have to listen to your Patreon-exclusive podcast... <laughs> about it to fully grasp what you're going for maybe it could be like at the 50 dollars level you get a bit of x-men related lore from logan (laughs) as part of customized loot give me some personality traits and i'll pair you up with your specific oh my god that'd be awesome you should do that (laughs) logan will create a little quiz to tell you who yeah your x-men lover would be oh (laughs) awesome lover that was what i heard (laughs) <laughs> was it not that? Was it that, or was it which? X-Men that's all I heard. I heard personality, but I like this one way better. My brain <laughs> retconned it, so that's this all. This is I way better. Here. Do you want a lover who you can't touch or who can't touch you? Because <laughs> oh there's God. multiple options. <laughs> that's amazing. Because yeah. all I know about X Men is the porn related bits. <laughs> Oh, then you're good to go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> like anything that they've covered in like porny fan fiction is all I know about X Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're solid. <laughs> I've just found my least favorite character because oh, who? he called Anole a sissy, and I'm just oh. into that. Rockslide, fuck you, oh. Rockslide. You're a piece of shit. No, I'm just. Kidding. Oh, but but then they become <laughs> friends, and he gets over his homophobia and learns to be best friends with him. <gasps> sure. Uh, uh, sorry i just don't trust anyone like that (laughs) fair growth i don't believe in growth okay enough about x-men no jess is like you fucking cross the line you're there forever no you haven't jess is very much into the you're dead to be kind of life yes life is too short okay i don't have time to be like oh i'll like zero redemption arc for all of you no, no redemption arc. You fuck up. You're you get done. little stickers that says zero redemption arc and you just put it on people. <laughs> like, but I'm up. And you just put the sticker on them. It's like, walk away. So where we last left off, all of you had discovered a stowaway, so to speak, in the hut and screaming out you like you all had some recollection of the person you saw. We go back probably a good four or five days earlier and... We see this middle-aged man. What does he look like there? Middle-aged, 34. (laughs) (laughs) We see this almost middle-aged man. That's young. I was going to say, yeah, that's young. (laughs) Uh, Logan, what does this man look like? Um, So he is a half-elf. So he has a mix of human and elvish features. So he has slightly pointed ears. Um, He kind of has like a flattish nose um, with like a wide nose brow. Kind of hooded eyes. His, his eye color itself, um, it seems to change, kind of like the flicker of the aurora borealis 
Um, so you never quite know what it lo looks like. He has a little piercing stud right here, uh, right underneath the bottom lip. And then um, on his cheek ridges, he has three studs each. So one, two, Ooh. and three in like a horizontal kind of diagonal line reaching up to his ears. And then he has some bands and piercings on his ears as well. Um, and then he has uh, kind of like an undercut with the black hair um, and then like a very soft silvery pinky mop on top. Um, and he's like five nine, I think I said. And he he has very colorful armor. Um, it almost seems to be banded together. Um, you see different pockets of imagery. Um, what stands out is that there's a lot of crescent moons, and they and they happen to be jade green. So a lot of jade green crescent moons, um, kind of woven in. They don't seem to be a part of the armor itself, but like adorning what he's wearing. And then everything else is kind of like a neutral slate gray. So it's like a big pop of color and then neutral everything else, like all the the greaves and the boots and if he's wearing a cape, stuff like that. Oh, and very, not very dark, but like brown skin, like darker than tan skin. He's naturally a brown character. All right. So you're walking into White Throne for the first time, seeking adventure and, and whatever you may be looking for. Um, and your eyes catch onto a tea shop when you first enter town. Lady Staffordshire's House of Tea and Crumpets. Tea and Crumpets. That sounds wonderful. Lady Staffordshire's? Yes. In Irison? She's an immigrant. She's an immigrant. Okay, cool. <laughs> Immigrants are allowed to exist. <laughs> <laughs> There's totally. one takeaway from this podcast. <laughs> Should be that. <laughs> It should be, actually, yes. <laughs> All right. So Buon sees it, and he enters. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I am doing quite fine, thank you very much. Would you like to indulge in some tea today and crumpets? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I, I've i been on the road for a while, and this seems to be an establishment of... Tea and crumpets. An establishment of tea and crumpets, yes. It sounds <laughs> wonderful, please. <laughs> right this way she leads you to a table it's like an old school tea shop you have the old chairs like the old kind of granny oak chairs and there's this doily table cover and then little doilies that have the teacups on them the, the saucer and the teacups and she's like what kind of tea would you like um well before he she speaks he he kind of bows before he enters or sorry before he sits down and, and he goes salamako and then sits down and like kind of very neatly ensconces himself into the table. And uh, he says, what varieties do you have? We have the following. Blueberry, raspberry, ginseng, sleepy time, green tea, green tea with lemon, green tea with lemon and honey, liver disaster, ginger with honey, ginger without honey, vanilla almond, white truffle coconut, chamomile, blueberry chamomile, blue calf vanilla walnut, constant comment, and earl grey. Buon kind of like steeples his fingers and like kind of like lean backs and puts them in front of his face. And he's like, he just seems so pleased. He looks up at the lady and he says, a return to form. I will take the Earl Grain along. Thank you. What a pedestrian choice. And she walks mm. away. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh. You should have said Saucy. Earl Grain. He watches Hot. her, but does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> As she's over there preparing this, she's steeping the tea and preparing some little cakes to go with your tea. In walks a finely dressed halfling. And all of a sudden you hear, 
Hello, how may I help you? Do you have a table? She looks down at you and sighs. For you, no. <gasps> Pippa's smile suddenly gets sugary sweet. <laughs> oh, this would be awesome. She's like, oh, really? Because uh, the esteemed Jabwiga that invited me to Irisan told me that I could go wherever I liked in the city. I'm sorry, but we are full. And you, you look behind her and all but one table is is empty. She just kind of, she's like leaning behind her. It's like, mm, I'm sorry. I believe that we're still having a bit of a miscommunication. And Pippa pulls out the identification that they had forged when they first arrived to the city. Those are very nice papers, dear. I'm sorry. Can you not read? <laughs> <laughs> Um, my, I, I do apologize. I had no idea. Well, allow me to read them to you. <laughs> um, while this is happening, Buon has gotten up and is actually standing behind the lady right now. And he has like a slight smile and he puts a hand on her shoulder. It's like, excuse, excuse me, miss. Yes? Is there a problem? No problem at all. Just dealing with a short problem. And, uh... Buon looks warmly at Pippa, and she lowers down onto one knee so that they're eye level. Pippa loves this. And he speaks in halfling, and he says, is she causing you trouble? Pippa's honestly, for like just a second, she loses a little of her composure because no one has spoken halfling to her since they came here. So I guess it hasn't been that long, but still, like it was just not something she was expecting. So her mouth briefly drops open before she like snaps it shut. And she's like, well, actually, yes, this woman seems to be under the impression that she does not have to serve me. Ah, well, let's see if this can be remedied. Guan stands up and he kind of like gestures so he can see your papers. She hands them to him. And um, he makes a very big show of just like folding them out, laying them on. I assume there's like a hostess stand. Takes one finger and points delicately. He says, excuse me, madam. Do you see this one line right here? And he's like kind of tapping it. Uh, uh, yes. This specific language right here. Do you understand what it is saying for our patron of honor right next to us? Well, whoever reads legalese these days. Oh, it's very good to understand legalese. I assume that you have a copy somewhere of the uh, Better Bureau of Irisen on hand? (laughs) Uh, uh, I have it somewhere. (laughs) I'm not sure where it's at. Oh, yes, because it specifically says that if a person of import with the correct paperwork happens upon a dwelling such as yourself that is a restaurant in nature, you cannot refuse the service of them. Is that clear? It says the language right here. And again, he kind of like points at like one specific spot. Like he's not lying. He's like, (laughs) one specific spot. Will that be fine? I believe that means that person they are guest of honor must be with them. And I do not see anybody here with this half. Buon's eyes flash. And for a second, it kind of cuts to like all the different colors of the aurora and he got kind of a little half grin ah but i am he do you not recognize me i am i'm of iris in itself the cold of the winter runs in my blood do you not see it and he kind of like leans forward intently and just looks get her ass <laughs> in other words suck it <laughs> illegally suck it are they yeah, facing the at all <laughs> yeah i would say 
they're, they're still turned toward the toward the paperwork. Pippa is just like her eyebrows are in her hairline. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this all pans out. I guess she will be joining you then. Absolutely, a place of honor at my table. My apologies, lady. Oh, that's just fine. I'm so glad that we were able to come to an understanding. Well, I am assuming, based on the establishment, that you probably have some uh, sandwiches around here. Could would you be a darling and fetch some to our table? <sighs> Watercress, yes, please. I c- I can do that. What kind of tea would you like? I'll uh. Well, what are your options? Blueberry, raspberry, ginseng, sleepy time, green tea, green tea with lemon, green tea with lemon and honey, liver disaster, ginger with honey, ginger with honey, without honey, vanilla almond, vanilla white. I'm going to stop you right there. I'll take the green tea with honey. An excellent choice. Thank you. She gives you this shit eating grin and she's like, coming right up. Pippa bats her eyelashes at her and says, thank you so much. And Buon kind of like wishes like shoes her away. That is all. So I love it. Mrs. Staffordshire goes to prepare the tea and the sandwiches. She was not going to prepare sandwiches, so she has to go to the back room and make them. And uh, yeah, I guess you two sit at the table. Mm-hmm. Yes, I actually pull out the chair before sitting myself. Ooh, Pippa is trying, like she's trying to remember to be suspicious of everybody she meets in White Throne. <laughs> Everything's evil here, but she kind of loves this person. <laughs> She's trying hard not to get the cartoon heart eyes. Well, I must say, thank you for stepping in. That was almost highly unpleasant. I'm Pippa. It was a pleasure to see a situation like that unfold before my eyes. My name is Buon. A pleasure to meet you. Charmed. I must say, you speak halfling very well. Your accent is nearly impeccable. He kind of like nods for bows as a salamako. I grew up around many halflings. I decided to learn their language in order to ingratiate myself. It was well, quite fruitful. A wise decision. It's a beautiful language and you speak it very well. Well, when you bypass the smaller things in life, you sometimes end up missing the bigger picture. And it kind of like half smiles. I couldn't agree more. She takes a, a sip of her tea, a dainty sip, pinky out. Although I'm assuming that this jerk doesn't have halfling-sized china. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So Pippa takes one look at the teapot and the china that came with her tea and rests her hand on it. And then everything shrinks down to a more halfling size. Now that's better. Buon obviously sees all this happen and he is not surprised in the least. He is like, oh, hmm, magic. (laughs) What what you do find peculiar is... This is before the heist, so you see a hair comb in her head, and you see one of the symbols on the hair comb, the, the diamonds turn from the white of a diamond to a red, like almost ruby color. So Buon's eyes flicker to that, and his irises flash pink, and then go back to like a neutral blue, and he just picks up his teacup and goes, and then like slurps a little bit. And uh, I want to roll a perception to see if I notice that. Which... <laughs> witch! <laughs> that's like he's a witch. That's like anybody. Somebody's throwing out their garbage in the middle of the night, and they cough. Brax is nearby. He's like, witch. Nobody would have been yelling about it in Irison, though. They'll be like, oh, witch. Yeah. Oh, witches. Hello, yeah. No, there, there are a dime a dozen around here. You can't get away from them. <laughs> that was a twenty. So I'm assuming that I 
Totally saw that. You did see his eyes change colors. She's just filing that away. She's now sipping her tea with her pinky up. <laughs> what brings you to Irisin? I don't. I do not see many halflings roaming about the city unaccompanied along. Oh, well, you see, I'm here by invitation of oh. the Jadwicka. They occasionally like to have uh, certain curiosities brought in. And as you can see, I am quite interesting. Interesting is such a plain word to put it. Intriguing is more like it. Pippa is so charmed. <laughs> well, thank you. You are mighty intriguing yourself. Uh, what brings you to White Throne? I take it that you live in Irisen, elsewhere. Yes, I am not originally from White Throne. I, I'm here for business. I was drawn here and I'm looking for partners and connections in order to carry out my doing. Very boring affairs. With someone as fascinating as yourself leading it, I highly doubt it could be that boring. Well, if the moon guides me in the right direction, then maybe it is. And he takes a sip of his tea to kind of like end the conversation or like end that tangent. End that tangent, mm-hmm. okay. As you're taking your sip, Mrs. Staffordshire comes back and she goes, Here are you. What did you do to my teacup? Oh, well, based on our earlier conversation, it just didn't seem like this is the kind of establishment that has the resources to have the the china required for all potential guests. So I decided to do you a favor. Yes, the shade. (laughs) She semi-gently sets the sandwiches down. Well, I never, and walks away. Never had any charm. Softly chuckles. Well... Master Buon is oh, turning into a fine. I, I, I have no titles, just Buon. Oh, well, then it's just Pippa. This is turning into a very fine afternoon indeed. I saw on your paperwork that it says Princess Pippa. Well, you might say I'm a princess in exile at the moment. Oh. I am the last remaining champion of a fierce and worthy people. But at the moment, we currently have no claim on our own land. I'm trying to to get our homeland back for us, get our place in the world back. But I needed some place well outside of interfering eyes while I make my plans. And Buwan is just soaking up this information. He loves learning new things. But he also takes out like a little handkerchief out of his pocket very gently passes it across the table for the tears that I assume are. Oh yes, she's turned on the waterworks. <laughs> it's like one solitary brave tear. Nice. Going down her cheek. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Thank you so much. I must say it is so nice to finally meet someone in this city with some manners. I admit uh, I have not interacted with many people who with such manners as yourself in quite a while. It is most pleasurable. What was the name of your kingdom? I didn't catch it. Well, it's hard to explain. It's a land that, uh, well, three different countries have have more or less accessed parts oh. of it. And it's, it's ancient name that I'm going to make up right now on oh, the spot. Yes. <laughs> Staffordshire. <laughs> no. Prithian. Oh, Prithian. Yes. I'm going to write that down, Prithian. And Buon actually takes out a journal and writes out the country of Prithian because he has no wisdom and believes everyone. And how do you spell Prithian? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be great. Oh, it's um, P-R-I-T-Y-I-A-N. Prithian. Ah, and it's landlocked or in battle with three others. Ah. It is. It's on a, 
A beautiful river. Uh, river, yes. Courses by what used to be the capital. Oh, what's the name of the this river? This was all long, long ago, you understand. Uh, we have been we have been displaced for some time. Princess Pippa of Pritian. <laughs> Oh, how lyrical. <laughs> My mother certainly thought so. I always love it when things sound so nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you are trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Pippa's also kind of thinking like, oh yeah, that did work out. I just came up with that name off the top of my head. Nobody's ever asked what the name of the halfling country is somehow <laughs> in all of this time. <laughs> Buon wants to know. He knows everything. <laughs> she's actually now she's a little nervous and taken aback because she's like, wow, I'm... Yeah. Nobody asked me this many questions. <laughs> and he wrote all this information down. He took out a journal and was like, oh, yes, I'm like writing. Like, I literally wrote things down so I can remember them. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I didn't. So Boomer's oh, yeah. probably going to remember the name of Pippa's country better than she will. She'll be like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> On future encounters. It's so nice that you're so interested. Very few people are. And I mean that very sincerely. But of course. Talking about it is very painful. Oh, I'm so sorry, Princess. But I must admit, knowledge is quite valuable in my business. And so I like to make sure I understand everything. But what I understand most is the pain of others. And I can see the true pain clearly written upon your face. He's so sweet and gullible. <laughs> he, he kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, talking about it is quite painful right now, but... Well, I mean, if you wanted to help, there is one thing that we are in need of. Oh, of course. Of the most. Well, as you can imagine, we, we're trying to, well, raise a, a small militia. We're trying to feed and house our people. And what we are in dire need of most at the moment, not to be crass. Yes. We're in dire need of, well, resources, money. And recognition finally hits Buon's face. He looks genuinely sad. He puts his hands in his lap and he says, I'm so sorry. I do not have much money. This was my expenses. I I am an ascetic most of the times. I, yes. But I can give you this. And he takes one of his jade crescent moons and he like takes it off. It's a pin. So he takes it off his armor or his clothing and he slides it across the table. And he says, take this. Oh, I could. That seems so important to you and do you reach out for it she's like got her hand kind of like on the table she's touching it lightly so he's pushing it but and he takes his other hand and kind of like encapsulate the other hand that's touching it onto it and he looks right into your eyes and he says no you don't understand the light of the moon will follow you and if you are followed help will be on its way okay. it is a half smile oh you are too kind my people will remember this I will tell everyone of your kindness and you will always be welcome when we finally get our land back. Then let us cheers to that. To your health. To the kingdom of Pritian. Clink. She clinks her teacup against his. And we fade out as we come to an end. So it's the evening. A few days before you all end up in the hut. Abraxas, what are you doing this evening? Well, he's been trying to perfect several recipes and he probably does not want to exhaust the Herald's stocks. I'm sure him visiting is already putting a burden on their meat stores. So he's going to go out and experiment Ratatouille style, you know, with a different... 
he, uh, you know, when he smells and tastes, he, uh, he's getting used to all these flavor combinations. He's okay eating food raw, but now that he's eating it a bit more cooked, he's kind of exploring that aspect of flavor. And uh, Pippa did give him a small, a little allowance for cooking, but he knows he might blow it off. So maybe he'll go out to just one stall, or maybe as he's going to a stall, he's kind of picking up on the different smells and aromas of the city and is going on kind of like a scavenger hunt for different smells as he envisions them mixing together. So even if it's maybe picks up a half-eaten apple, you know, by a dumpster, but for him, you know, hits that right aroma where it's like, yeah, this is still good. And maybe there's some seeds, you know, that are by a tree and he picks those up. And he usually scavenges for those as he's adventuring to keep his little food pack full. Um, But now he's kind of doing it with purpose, not just picking up going, oh, nobody ate this crow. Well, waste not want not and putting it in his bag now he's actually doing it with purpose where you know he's smelling first going no oh, i can't envision that in my in my ultimate stew so i think he's probably in different parts uh of the city well use your scent roll me uh, your cooking proficiency and also roll me your survival proficiency oh okay let's see that is gonna be 17 cooking and then survival 29 you start out in the merchant quarter purchasing a few little, like, you know, maybe some pepper, some salt, you know, those standard things that you get from from a vendor. But then your your nose catches on to something, a, a, a smell that really thinks you think would go great in the stew you're trying to concoct. And you start heading over into what is known as the Two Hill District, and you find some mushrooms. And with your cooking and your survival, you know, and being a druid of the forest, you know what mushrooms are safe to eat and which ones are not. You pick a few and you throw those into your bag. Then your nose catches something over an iron side, a little east of Two Hill, and you find some thyme and some Mm. cloves. And you add those to your bags. Uh, those you dug out of a dumpster. Uh, you found some, and they maybe threw away some spices. I don't know why they threw away the spices, but you They're found them wasteful, in the dumpster. Wasteful witches. You also found a chunk of cheese in there that was pretty good. There's a little bit of mold on the outside, but you can just cut that right off. And then you, you, your set catches it. A very uh, delicate smell. You have not s- smelled in the you know where you grew up or in Erison, but you did smell it in Taldor. And it's a smell you always loved. And you're moving south towards the troll quarters and you end up what looks like to be a cemetery and you come across a rosemary bush and in your 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 tail kind of wags quickly because you love the smell of rosemary that great aroma it has just finishes its flowering so the purple flowers are, that, that grow off it start to fade a little bit and fall off i'll say his phantom tail wags he's gonna be in man form for right now but okay. definitely the phantom tail is wagging he takes a deep, uh, he wafts the orders to him and kind of just lets it tickle his nose. And he will carefully, with practiced hands, start uh, start gathering to add to his his little goodie bag. This is going to be so good. I'm going to rub this into all the venison. And he's, he's already picturing eating a little, you know, salivating a little bit. Maybe he eats a little bit of the cheese. He snacks and harvests. <laughs> so he's totally engrossed in the in the bush. And so while you're engrossed, I think Buon has already been in the cemetery and he notices you there 
and he walks up to you. He's not trying to be sneaky, but if you're engrossed, he's just going to walk straight up. And he says, good evening. Oh, puff, puff. You just <laughs> whopped up on me. Uh, hello. Uh, <coughs> oh, I, I, my dearest apologies. I did not mean to startle you. Oh, uh, that's... Ooh, that's all right. I, I was just uh, contemplating this delicious aroma. Oh, were you partaken by this rosemary bush? Oh, uh, yes, just... Oh, waft that towards you. Doesn't that just tickle your senses? Yes, it definitely stimulates. <laughs> His inner monologue's like, wait, should I be talking to these people? This is probably another witch. Uh, <laughs> what was our purpose here? Uh, what would Pippet do? <laughs> oh, uh, and also just strolling in this beautiful moonlight. And he kind of looks up, and he was just BSing, but the moon is like for him, like, uh, I guess it's Oh, would you, it's is it full moon, waning, waxing, crescent? I would say it's a full moon. Oh, then he was BSing, but when he looks up, his eyes catch it, and his body just kind of like slinks down, like in a comfortable mode. Like, oh, just so lovely tonight. His eyes just kind of grow big. And uh, Buon looks up at the moon as well, and like he kind of like soaks it in. His eyes like dilate a little bit, to, like grab everything, and he also just kind of he doesn't physically sink in but he you kind of feel that he's more calm he's calmer yes i agree the moon is quite beautiful tonight i love looking at the surface i sometimes see every crevice every crater from the ground below and it's like i can touch it oh i know what you mean he kind of reaches out a hand and he's totally engrossed like he probably should be a little bit more wary with strangers but just Probably like Pippa, where it's in her element, you know, class, elegance, you know, when she heard her native tongue, Abraxas is all about, he he hears nature all the time. And he, you know, as a, a werewolf, he has a connection to the moon. It's a source of, you know, his power and also has that balance because it also makes him vulnerable to silver as far as kind of like a myth, uh, mystic connection to it. So he's kind of caught off guard because he's just kind of staring at it. When he's on watch, will enjoy the moon, or he's out hunting, he loves romping underneath it. And, you know, if he wasn't shopping, or if he could get out of the city, he would he would be hunting or reveling, dashing around the, the moon. So this is like his, he, he's caught off guard as far as he's caught in the moment, you know, just the same thing, just looking at the moon and enjoying its beauty. So yeah, he reaches out kind of like a hand, like, ah, I can... <laughs> I cannot see that far, but sometimes I can hear her song. Buon reaches a hand up uh, towards the moon, kind of blocking it. And then he takes his other hand and fully blocks the moon as well. With like a tinge of sadness in his voice, he says, And yet it is with sorrow that the moon must wane away until it is no longer in the sky. And we are left without it without its guiding light. Ah, the cycle. Light, darkness, life, death. death. It weaves a beautiful dance, and even the darkness is part of that. Of course. Is that what drew you to the rosemary bush? Oh, uh, no, just the smell. It wafts across the city. I was chasing it upon the wind. Buon snaps off a sprig of the rosemary. He holds it up in between Buon and... Abraxas, and he's not necessarily like, but he's like kind of like like fo- like focus your attention on it, and um, 
he says, yes, just like the rosemary bush. It grows, it is consumed, it dies, and yet it leaves the legacy of flavor. It's everything that the nutrition that we get from it. It, it helps us grow. It, just like the moon, the plants are life and death. The humble rosemary itself, in fact, is a harbinger of death. Did you know that? I did not. As Buon's speaking, he starts grabbing more and more sprigs, and he's actually creating a bouquet of the rosemary itself. So he's like, ah, yes, because you see one single sprig, and he kind of ties another one around it. He's like, you add another, he ties another one onto it. He's like, and what you have is a weaving of fourth of the life here in Earson, in all of Galarian. And when you put all those together, and he's like creating more and more of a bouquet, it's getting more fuller. He's like, from the death of the rosemary that I pick comes life. And it's now a beautiful bouquet. He's hands it to Abraxas. Here, take this. Oh. Not in any romantic way, but but as in like, please hold this. <laughs> <laughs> Abraxas reaches out tentatively and then his inner monologues well, well, you know it's all about the cycle of life. I, you can't be all that bad. <laughs> all that nature talk. Uh, oh, I thank you. Oh, where where are my manners? Abraxas. And he remembers he takes like a little a little bow. And uh, Buon matches his bow and he says, My name is Buon. A pleasure to meet you, Abraxas. A true pleasure. You know I wonder if you pick up how it seems very practice. Not like natural finishing school, but somebody who maybe didn't finish finishing school and the the maneuvers oh, yeah. are practiced, <laughs> but not natural to him. Maybe yes. you, you might pick up on that one. Like he's trying. Oh yeah, Buon saw that immediately. <laughs> you see in his brain the gears turning. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> My foot goes in this direction. <laughs> Hand on one pinky above the belly button. Slight bow <laughs> at 20 degrees. <laughs> He's such yeah. a good student. And um, during this conversation, as we continue, Buon is creating a second bouquet for myself this time. You were looking for spices, you mentioned? Uh, yes, I'm putting together a culinary delight for my companions. I've recently discovered the joys of cooking. Did you get it from a book? Oh, no, I'm just picking it up here and there in my travels. Apparently adding flame to meat. Gives it a different flavor. Good to know. That's true. <laughs> Have you any recipes? That depends. And um, he takes his back off his back. And then he rummages through and he pulls out a journal. And it's different than the journal that he used with Pippa. What are you looking for? I have recipes I've collected from all throughout Erison. There's uh, ones for winter vegetables. There's ones for uh, different types of brining meat. There's oh, ones oh, for meat? appetizers. Even as a human, his muscles on his <laughs> ears are... So he gives like a little ear twitch. It's like, oh, oh my gosh. Meat, meat dishes. Oh yes, yeah, so, uh, red, white. <gasps> Animal meats, right. And uh, Buon stops reading and he kind of like looks at Abraxas and catches his eyes and um, kind of like with Pippa there's a flash of like a soft pink and um, he answers yes and <laughs> oh, okay I knew I that <laughs> totally and he kind of like flips a page slower <laughs> as he goes to the next recipe since you're catching his eyes, you'll notice his eyes are uh, full-on yellow, like wolf, like a wolf eyes. And I would recognize that because I'm from Harrison. Oh, yeah, yeah. I store it away in my bank of knowledge. 
Buon rips out a page from his journal and he hands it to Abraxan. And he says, here, rosemary and wine stewed lamb. Mm. <gasps> Ooh, lambies. Yes. yes. To go with your new spice profile, spice blend that you have been searching for. In a few days, you will have all the wine you need. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Oh, foreshadowing. No. Or it's not for, it's after the fact shadowing. Uh, Retcon shadowing? <laughs> I assume that by this time, Buon has finished creating his bouquet and kind of gestures at Abraxas. He's like, would you care to follow me? Uh, yes. He's like, oh, if I don't, that'd be impolite. Yes, yes, lead, lead the way. He puts his uh, bouquet in his uh, cauldron backpack. So Buon leads him through the cemetery. It doesn't seem like he's familiar, but he knows exactly where to step. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, he's being guided. And eventually you find both of ourselves standing in front of a, not a tombstone, but the one where it's like the st- like it's a whole statue uh, for someone. And the face of the statue has been eroded in time. Um, so you can't make out the features and the arms are like uplifting. And Buon stops in front and he says, and um, he places his bouquet on top of the statue, like at the feet of the person. And he kind of gestures to you to do the same. Yeah, Braxis will follow suit. And Buon uh, puts his hands together and um, he doesn't bow his head, but he actually cranes his head and looks up at the moon and closes his eyes. He mutters a soft prayer and then he turns back to Braxis and says, Thank you. Rosemary bouquets are used to give reverence to the dead, help them in the afterlife, implant a little bit of life back into their souls. And this soul needs it. And he kind of like looks up at the face. He looks from the bouquet to the statue and then to the moon. Is this a loved one of yours? No, I do not know this person in the slightest. I only know I get the sense You see something flash on his forehead, but you don't quite make it out. And he says, all I can tell is that this was a good person. Abraxas is going to then stand by the statue, look up to the moon, and he's going to whisper the best he can. But, you know, you're right there. So it's not like he's he just kind of wants to keep it soft. And in Sylvan, he'll say, uh, Silver lady, nestling in the midnight sky, shine your ageless wisdom upon our souls. Guide us and nourish our spirits with your mysteries so that we may flourish and grow under your beauty. And then he'll bring his eyes back down from the moon and kind of just rearrange the bouquet so it's a little bit more... He doesn't want it to be haphazard, so he kind of just takes a little bit more time just to make sure it's, it looks aesthetically pleasing. And that's kind of not his deal, but he feels like it's kind of warranted for the moment. Buon responds in Sylvan as well, and he says, Guide this gift to the goodly soul. And just leaves it at that. And he nods, says like, like, thank you. To, to Abraxas. Thank you. And the tone may not convey it, but internally it's... You know, this has been such a horrible country for him. And the thank you is more, you know, thank you for the rosemary. But underneath the undertones is also thank you for, wow, I'm glad that this place isn't full of just complete garbage, which is honestly <laughs> all all he's seen of the country. Every moment has just been, you know, gets worse, you know, 
with the exception of the heralds. I would say. Well, the exception of the heralds, right? You know, but uh, you know, they're an established group that have been fighting against the witches for you know generations. And for him, this is a, a, a local, so that surprised him. So that's kind of like a little undertone of a thank you. Hopefully, conveys that. I don't think Buon caught that. <laughs> well, it's an undertone. Undertone. <laughs> okay. He doesn't do undertones. It's for the people that read the book and, and not the <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> As you are walking away, the moon starts to shine down on the statue, and I think you guys in your conversation didn't pay too attention to the words. The words have been very doled out, and some moss has grown over probably a lot of the words, but the moonlight shines specifically just as you're walking away, and you see the last name of the person, and it says Hill Runner. <gasps> oh, oh snap. What? Yes. Oh, I got a little... Okay. Oh, that's so good. Conspiracy. (laughs) It's all a big conspiracy. (laughs) It's actually your coffin. (laughs) Oh, that was really sweet. And we fade out. It is the probably the morning of after Buwan's fateful meeting with Abraxas uh, that you all, I would guess, that Pippa and Abraxas are nestled in their beds all nice and warm in the Heralds of Summer Return headquarters. I don't think Andromeda is, though. Andromeda seems to me as a type to get up and want to explore early. Wouldn't you say? She is. It's not necessarily that she's an early riser. It's that she's in a place that is new, and she specifically came to White Throne to find adventure. So she is out and about trying to find the thing that is most worth her time in that sense or like just being so excited about all the things and all the like rumors she's heard everything like seeing a dragon in the clock tower seeing all this stuff and being like i don't even know where to go so she's probably wandering around trying to see what what catches her eye (laughs) she is taking the term adventurers out there literally yes like quite literally so she's probably wandering around the streets right now just her head completely in the clouds because she's just like looking everywhere. What's over there? What's that? Oh my god, I've never seen that before. <laughs> uh, as you're wandering around, I think you bump into probably somebody who might have spent the night partying and kind of just a little tipsy and runs into you and he goes, hey, watch where you're going. Andromeda is completely caught off guard. She just jumps back away from him and starts walking away quickly. She doesn't even say anything. Hey, do you hear me, little girl? I heard you, and you're a drunk. Leave me alone. Why are you even out this early? Mind your own business. (laughs) And she starts running. (laughs) Go, hey, I'm not done talking with you. And you just run away. And I think in the process, you run into this splendid half-elf that we know as Buwan, but you just keep probably running. I'm doing that sideways run you do when you run into someone, like you clip them and you sort of end up sideways jogging because your body got turned. And I'm saying like, sorry, sorry, and just continuing to run. <laughs> All right. Uh, I keep running until you basically notice like a, a stall full of different crystals. Um, so she probably comes to like a skittering halt and is like, hold on a minute. What is this? <laughs> you see this bedraggled mage who's just... You know, homely as all heck. He's in these very dirty clothes, almost matching, covered with the dirt that these gems seem to also be cut in, almost like he went and mined them himself. Hello, girl. 
Welcome to my fineries. What can I do you? Uh, well, these caught my eye. They look quite similar to this one. And she pokes the stone floating around her head and it kind of like wobbles out of place, but then continues back on its trajectory around her head. He's like, oh, you have an ion gem. Those are, those are told to bring great luck to the people who have them. He brings a monocle up to his eye and looks at it carefully. He's like, ah, yes, you are very lucky. It's like, well, I don't have gems quite like this, but I do have some gems that have magical properties like this one. And he holds it out to you. She's very wary of this after having run into the drunk guy earlier. (laughs) And she just kind of eyes it over and then I'm going to cast detect magic. (laughs) Uh, It's it's magical. He said it was magical. So (laughs) right. But what kind of magic? Because I can continue to do that. We're just staring at each other awkwardly now as I'm like (laughs) scanning this thing. An evocation magic. Yeah, Andromeda start, is like touching her chin in that thoughtful way that, you know, people do when they're eyeing things over. She is realizing in that exact moment, too, that she doesn't have money. So even if they're having this conversation, it's not like she can get anything out of it. And she's kind of disappointed that he Aww. doesn't have iron stones. Like, she kind of wanted to, to find more of those. So, but she reaches out her hand and, and picks it up and like looks it over and then hands it back to him and says, I'm sorry, I don't think I can afford something like this. As you take a hold of it, you, your eyes temporarily go black and then back and you just pass it back. You don't feel it, but it seemed to activate that for a second. Buwan, you definitely see this. You're just a couple stalls down. Buwan will make his way over to the stall as if he's going to buy things because he is intrigued and worried. Welcome. This is my gem shop. How are you doing? I'm Robert. Good morrow, Merchant Roberts. Uh, what wares do you have to sell? I have all sorts of stones. Some magical, some just fun to look at. Uh, this young la- lady here was just looking at this uh, this stone and it doesn't do much, but it has some magical property. Do you like it? Are you interested in it? I can sell it to you for a fair price. Who's holding the stone? She's still holding it. So Andromeda? Okay, so Buwan's going to use that, and he holds out his hand to Andromeda, and may I? Oh, absolutely. I can't buy it anyways. And she hands it to him. You have no money! I I didn't say I had no money. She lies quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Buwan takes that opportunity to make contact with Andromeda in some way. Just, like, skin to skin, or if you're wearing gloves or whatever, just, like, touch your physical presence because he also has detect magic (laughs) when you detect when you detect magic on andromeda and if you're eventually you know doing it for long enough that you're able to find the source of her magic Mm. you just get this icy cold yawning empty feeling if you continue searching and searching and searching Mm. it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper that feeling that sensation of trying to get a grasp of where this power is coming from buwan roll me a will will check 12 you feel this inky blackness pulling you in as you connect with andromeda you get the sense she is overall a a positive force in this area you like you pick up the divine Mm. and stuff like that but then there's this almost the shadow of inky blackness and as you focus on it you feel yourself being pulled more and more into it and you feel yourself almost starting to lose sense of reality for a second and then just like that you snap out of it and you're able to break off you got less than a 10 you would have been sucked in forever and maybe buwan would have died so uh it's his first episode (laughs) welcome to playing with dustin He's so evil. <laughs> He's the inky blackness. 
is the yawning portal. I am the black hole of all of beyond all goodness. Yes. Anyway, that's what you felt. But yes. Okay. So Buon immediately severs contact with Andromeda, and um, he takes an unpolished step away from her. Ooh. He says, "Oh." Andromeda looks very confused. Oh, a my. lot of stuff that happened right there. <laughs> my apologies, Miss. I got a shock from the crystal. Oh. You gotta buy the stone. Buon gently <laughs> places the stone back onto the counter and says, not today, but thank you for your time. Oh, a bunch of looky-loos. Always a bunch of looky-loos. And he walks back behind his to go get some more rocks. Steal all of them now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I snatch the rock and run. <laughs> no. <laughs> Buon chases. So Buon turns away and he, he, he makes as if he's like going to continue walking. And he looks back at Andromeda almost like expectantly. She's very confused by this whole interaction. She's like, I don't know what that guy's deal was. I don't know what's up with this market. I'm very uncomfortable. And you know what? It's time to move on. She shrugs and she starts walking off in the other direction. (laughs) Buon changes direction and follows her and kind of like walks side by side, but not speaking um, because he doesn't know what to make out of all this. With all of his knowledge, he is stump and he doesn't like this andromeda you got a creepy stalker well not creepy because i'm side by side (laughs) (laughs) that's still quite creepy no she but she wouldn't know that it's not like she knows that she just thinks like this guy must need help or something so she's looking at you every once in a while like what do i say and he's (laughs) he's looking back like he's like how do i broach this subject we're Um, both just eyeing each other like yeah hey what's up Hey. Are you possessed of a dark inky blackness? <laughs> <laughs> Have you found the light of the moon shine upon you into the dark void of your heart? <laughs> it comes full circle. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I remember that would be when I listened to that part, I just lost it. Oh my god. It. Oh, oh, god. <laughs> As you're walking along, uh, Buwan, you notice a watt in Dramada's pocket float out, go around her, and then go into her hand. Uh, Andromeda sighs. She's like, ah. Buon notices and says, oh, that is a marvelous trick you have. Oh, I didn't do that. (laughs) Oh, how peculiar. May I ask what did? You know, I'm not really sure. Uh, Sometimes I hear different things. Sometimes it's my friends I'm talking to, and sometimes it's just chattering in the back of my head, and I don't really know where it comes from. And she seems very unconcerned about all of this. She's just completely casually, like, looking at the watch and, and you know, puts it back where it was. <laughs> just casually. Buon hates that you don't know where this is from. Probably even more that you don't seem to care. <laughs> yes. He... <laughs> He hates this. He's, he does not like that he's not getting concrete information from you. And he goes, oh, your friends. Uh, so your friends are the one who are helping you at this moment with the watch? Helping me? I don't know if I would call it that. Sometimes I'll go to pick up a hoe and it goes flying across the room. And I just need to get my chores done. Um, and Buon, he knows that you do not mean a hoe of them. Sexual variety. <laughs> yeah. And he is too. He is Guess too why cultured. I'm in White Throw. <laughs> I'm looking for a hoe. There's some hoes around with my goat's magic. I'm ho- here for the hoes. For the hoe down. Mm-hmm. 
Andromeda's asexual, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Buon kind of like narrows his eyes a little bit. He says, intriguing. This is this a common occurrence with you then? Oh, maybe every other day. I'm not sure anymore. It's become commonplace for me. Have you had friends your whole life? I suppose I have. I don't remember much about my childhood. How frustrating that must be to not have a concrete vision of the past. Does that bother you? She looks at you like she's never thought about that before. At all. Like, her eyes are just completely bewildered. And then she looks up at the sky and just stares and blinks for a while. And then finally says, I suppose... I suppose it... No, not really. Well, sometimes. I don't think about it too much. I try not to. I guess sometimes when there's a lack of knowledge... Making sure that you know nothing is better than knowing something. Yeah, I read it in a book once. Ignorance is bliss. Oh, <laughs> and she I've... smiles with such guileless smile, like the biggest <laughs> oh, dipshit oh right God. now. Like she has an intelligence of 14 and at the same time she's the biggest dipshit. <laughs> so have you read many books then? Because I am familiar with that phrase as well. Oh, yes. As many as I could get my hands on. Which, oh. uh, to be honest, was not that many. But my caretaker used to bring them to me occasionally. Oh, well, I happen to have a great many books uh, in my possession. Would you like to take one on your journey? (gasps) Yes, please. That's so kind of you. Huan rummages through his pack. If you look into it, you actually see a, a bunch of books. And he pulls out a very thin book. It looks like it's been handcrafted um, to a certain extent. Um, The binding is not very showy. Uh, It has a handwritten title on the front. The Um, secret. (laughs) How the fuck did you know? (laughs) She thought about it. It's supposed to be a secret. (laughs) It's part of Oprah's book club, too. Oh my god, it has Oprah's book club sticker on (laughs) it. Yeah, weirdly it has it. Oh god, it's Baba Yaga's book club. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, it has a B for Baba Yaga's book club. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely homemade, and it looks like it's had some wear and tear to it. He passes it to you and says, Here, inner light and peace from the far beyond. So shady, but she doesn't even know. (laughs) Oh, Oh god. She looks, she's so thrilled, and she like hugs it to her chest and looks at you and says, I've never had anyone give me a present before. Thank you so much. Of course. Perchance you'll remember me. Oh, I'm sure I could never forget you. I'm sorry, this may seem rude. (laughs) We've been speaking this whole time, and (laughs) now I'm asking, uh, what's your name again? Um, Buon actually taps the book to where, like, the author's name is, and he says, right there. And he (gasps) says, Buon. (gasps) Oh! You wrote I literally wrote the fuck out of the book. <laughs> An inner light and peace from the far beyond. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm I'm meeting a famous person. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like Aww, to think that I am. That's accurate. She is starry-eyed, staring at you even wow. harder. I can't believe it's 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 it's. Uh, she can't talk. She <laughs> she's run out of words. She just keeps stuttering and like looking for the right thing to say. <laughs> and uh, what may I ask is your name, young Miss? 
Andromeda. Andromeda. Like the galaxies in the sky, Nalam. Yes, I guess it is. <laughs> I've never thought about sure. my name. <laughs> Hella you seem dumb. to have not thought about a lot of things, little one. She just stares at the floor <laughs> for a while. <laughs> it's easier not to. Luan <laughs> realizes he might have said something insensitive, and he hates that. And um, he quickly covers up what he was trying to say. He says, oh, I'm, my apologies. I did not mean it in a negative way. I just mean that now you can expand your knowledge. If you learn about the stars, maybe you'll learn about yourself. And if you learn about yourself, then you are able to help others around you. Or even help You're yourself. You're so wise. <laughs> and he kind of just like dips his head. Like, yeah, I know. It's like chapter two, right there. <laughs> this, he's working Spoilers. on the sequel already. <laughs> oh my god. Inner light and peace from within. Uh, well, I I hope you're right. And I will read this as soon as I get the chance. That is all I can ask. An author's pleasure. And she looks all giddy again, as you mentioned that. It's like she's forgotten for a minute that you're the one who wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she remembers again and is like, yay, <laughs> internally. She's like, a, she's like a goldfish. <laughs> she is. First of all. Aw, she's so cute. <laughs> she has my ADHD. <laughs> That's the part of me she got. <laughs> it is all I can ask for, little one. Thank you. Salamako. She says salamako, and but like really slow. <laughs> Buwan finds himself half smiling despite himself. He He is charmed by you. But at the same time, he is so wary that the only reason he's been talking to you is to get closer, and he doesn't like the fact that he has to get closer to this void, especially because it tried to pull him in. Um, and so Buwan, he feels like he can't extend this conversation any longer. Um, <laughs> and he says, so you are off on your way then? Yes, I'm taking a look around White Throne. I've heard... Maybe you have heard this as well, and that's why you're here. But Baba Yaga's hut is supposed to be in the city. And his eyes flash that pale pink. Oh, your eyes are so pretty. Um, And he's like (laughs) shocked that you saw it. He's like, whoa. As you all come around the corner, like as you're walking and talking, uh, (laughs) just as you say that, the hut is right there in the middle of the town square of the merchant's quarter, covered by some very loose trees all the way around it. Andromeda is agog, just open mouth staring at it. Like she wants to go sprinting towards it, but of course, <laughs> knows at, no, at least knows enough not to do that. <laughs> Buan looks at Andromeda and back at the hut, and he understands the reaction. He says, Oh, how serendipitous. This is the hut you bespoke of. Magnificent. She's gone quite creepy. Like, I think her eyes are filling up with a little bit of inky darkness. But then it fades away as well. So um, as you do your inky darkness and you're kind of being weird about it as well, um, Buon surreptitiously scratches at his forehead, and then but he very deliberately pulls down his hand in some sort of gesture. And kind of like with Abraxas, there's a little flash of something on his forehead, but he seems to be holding something within himself. And he says to Andromeda without looking at her, perhaps we will meet again. She turns and her face is more placid than it has been this entire time. And she says without expression, yes, perhaps we will. So as you're talking, Andromeda, you turn to look at him facing away from the hut. 
and all of a sudden you, you saw, smell like several different styles of berry turnovers and fresh bread and all kinds of the things that just make you drool. Andromeda's head snaps in that direction and her face completely changes. The blackness leaves her eyes and she is like beaming and says, I am going to go get a snack. It was so nice to meet you. And then just like sprints off because she has no more patience for <laughs> to, for pleasantries. Like that's all she got in her. <laughs> and uh, as that happens, Buwan, you feel yourself just drawn to the hut. Like maybe you didn't even necessarily hear what Andromeda said as she took off. Maybe for the first time you have been distracted from the conversation. And you start to walk forward. And I don't know, maybe if it was the time of the day or what, but it just, it's almost like you were guided down a path free of guards and free of everything and you walk up to the hut and the hut turns towards you and kneels down what do you like to do he doesn't pause he steps right in he goes to the door opens it up and steps so you walk into the hut and you feel yourself all of a sudden getting really tired and you look around and you climb up a ladder into the attic and you see all these bags of flour and you just feel the need to get behind like you end up pushing one off to the side and you lay down and you just instantly fall asleep uh the next thing you know is you wake up and you see all these faces of all these people you know and you all yell out you the the fantastic worlds podcast is a fantastic pods production we hope you join the show if you can't get enough feel free to join our patreon at fantasticworlds.cash following us on Twitter at Fantastic Pods, checking out how strong our meme game is at Fantastic Worlds Pods on Instagram, or chatting with us on Discord. I am Dustin, your game dad master. You can find me at Dustin Alexander on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, I'm Abby. I play Pippa. You can find me at Bonanza Famine. This is Angel, your friendly werewolf. You can reach me at Espinoza916. This is Jess, the innocent baby child. You can find me on stuff as Hank the Clank. And this is Logan, the new guy. You can find me at MainMan08 on social media. Theme song was composed and played by Amy Hankinson. Thank you, Sirenscape, for all your sound effects and music. Thank you to everyone who has been giving us reviews on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Stitcher. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, do us a favor and help spread the word for friends and family you think may enjoy the show as well. Till next time, I hope you have many fantastic adventures. He says, what varieties do you have? <laughs> we have all- Are you going to say tea and crumpets again? <laughs> tea and crumpets. <laughs> Just a second. I, we I- have tea and crumpets. <laughs> yes, that has been established. Thank you. We have all the celestial seasonings. Sleepy time. Cozy chamomile. <laughs> Damn, you guys. <clears throat>